This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Jab Cross Hook, a fan-sided fight show with your hosts, Ian McMillan, Amy Kaplan, and Reed Wallach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Jab Cross Hook. Uh, it is just a two-person show. Myself and Reed, no Amy Kaplan today. Uh, so just myself and Reed going to talk a little UFC action, recap this past weekend's card, talk about everything in the combat world, uh, and then do our bet draft for UFC Vegas 55. Uh, Holly Holm Special. against Ketlin Vieira in the main event. Uh, hello, Reed. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, got off the shot. I was. I told you I was feeling a, a win in the next few weeks. The betting was getting going, and I got all, I got the win last week. I'm feeling good. Um, we're both in New York. The weather is stupendous uh, the past few days, so everything's everything's good. Everything's good. Ian. What's everything's, up everything's looking up. Well, I, I mean, I finally uh, am step by step getting over the Leafs loss, but uh, <laughs> this is a UFC show, so we don't need to talk about that anymore. I've talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, let's recap last week's picks. Reed, uh, as you mentioned, you were the winner. You were the only one to finish with a profitable week. You went two and one plus one point three one units. Uh, which ones did you win? Which ones did you lose? Here, I'm just looking back at your picks. Uh, yeah, so- you know which ones you, you lost. Louis Smolka. Yeah, he got knocked out in the third round. Uh, actually, competitive. I thought that was a uh, you know one one on rounds. I thought Smoka took the second round, so I thought he had a chance, and his leg just completely gave out. So that was a loser. But uh, Verna Jandaroba, uh, she was chalk. Uh, I think she might have been like the biggest favorite taken. She was minus one ninety five, but I thought she was a lock, and she was. And then Ryan Span, uh, first round submission win over uh, Kudalaba. Definitely said that wrong, but Ryan Span first okay. round submission. Yeah, so that was a he was plus one eighty, plus one ninety. So that was a big one for uh, Reed there. So that was a big one, and yeah, so we got got positive payout and we won. Yep, big win for you. I was on smoke as well, obviously on the draft, but uh, I did. I agree with you. I had him winning the second round. I thought uh, that he was going to actually win the fight after the second round. But then, yeah, he just died. Yeah, <laughs> There's just no other way around it. Uh, bring up that bring up that recap graphic one more time if we can, just so I can go through the other picks. Amy went one and two for minus 0.3 units. Uh, Camacho lost. Hebus lost. Uh, Jan Sketchy Blahov- decision there. Sketchy yes, decision. I agree. I agree. Jan Blahovich did win in the main event. We'll talk about that fight in a moment. I was on that as well uh, with my own bets, not with the draft. Uh, Manuel Torres, my only win as a favorite, and then my two underdogs lost. Um, but I thought Patrick... Uh, uh, was that a decision? Um, I missed part it, of the prelim, so I missed that fight. So here's really quick, and we're as we're talking about the fights, my memory of the entire fight card is very sketchy because this was right after the Leafs lost, yeah, um, in the playoffs. So you had a busy, I, you had a busy weekend. So we'll give. We'll I was watching the fights. It's just I had a bottle of champagne in me and about. <laughs> 12 seltzers so uh (laughs) my memory is a little bit shaky i did watch the fights though um but i I think patrick lost a bad decision or something like that um anyways myself and amy went one and two reed congratulations on the win two and one uh before we move on we got to do what we do at the start of every show reed what are you drinking tonight my friend yeah i i think i'm becoming a little superstitious here and also because it's very convenient but i'm going with i've been going with what's in my fridge that myself and my two roommates have from like the weekend that was so we're going with a good old-fashioned just bud light 
keep it simple. I've been doing, I think last week was the high noon where I was basically giving an ad for them. Don't have any more high noons. So we're going with the Bud Light that was in my fridge. And, you know, hopefully I can make this two weeks in a row. I still can't get over that you and your roommates just take whatever is in the fridge. Like my roommates took my alcohol in my fridge and be pissed. It's a it's a open door policy in Reed's all apartment. Right. It, we're we're all in it together. You know, beer that's like a community thing. You know, so maybe one day I'm drinking, maybe one day someone else is drinking. Hopefully, we're all drinking together. So we have plenty of beer in the fridge, so anyone could go and take. I will say, light beer like Bud Light's very cheap in the United States, so it's not nice exactly. So like that, it's not it's not make or break. You know, if right. we're you know, we're not ripping like IPAs and stuff. Right. Even back home, like a Bud Light, like a twelve pack would be like twenty five bucks. So. That's really? a little bit of it. A beer is very expensive back home. Yes, even even like crappy beer. Well, here, like why, nice beers. Move. That's why you move though. Yes, that's why. Just cheaper <laughs> beer. Um, I'm just drinking. I obviously know Victory wine, so I'm back on my vodka sodas. Trying to cut out beer again. Trying to lose a couple of lbs. Uh, went to the doctor today. Whoo! I'm gonna lose some weight. So um, I'm I'm on the I'm on the vodka sodas again tonight. No more beers. Um, and like I said, no uh, Victory wine either. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the main event there. We briefly mentioned it. Jan Blahovic, uh, Alexander Rakic. Uh, Blahovic won via TKO uh, in the third round, but it looked like a, one of those like uncaused TKOs. Like it was a yeah. uh, he. Did, did we find out what what it was? Rakic hurt was it like an ACL injury or something happened to his leg. Blahovic yeah. ended up winning uh, by TKO because of that. The official one. I, our official injury, I think, was a torn ACL and PCL or LCL, some sort That's of. That's what it looked like. His knee exploded, basically. Yeah, it it wasn't pretty, and that I thought it, it was a close fight, and I still I bet Wahovich also. So you know, all three of us were on him. I thought he was kind of live to win. Obviously, you know, when someone's knees explodes, that kind of ends the fight. But you know, it's a win. Kind of sucks, right? Like Rockich. Apparently that's his third torn ACL. He's at, he's gone through, so this guy's used to it. But that that sucks. Obviously, was in the mix for a, a title shot. You know that sets you back like a year. Um, but I guess we'll see if Wojovic gets the winner of Teixeira Prochaka. I saw it literally just before we got on. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where it came from. I just like came across like my timeline. Uh, Teixeira says he's like wants to retire in the next year, which makes sense and. That also opens yeah, he's the door. Fifty nine years old, <laughs> but it also opens the door, though, if he is to win again. Like, how many times is he going to fight again? So, you know, that adds to the mix. I know Wachowicz is getting up there in age. I think he's like 37, 38. So he's getting up there in age, also. But um, that's an interesting wrinkle into the next, you know, phase of the lightweight uh, division, and also to share his defending his title in a few weeks at uh, two seventy four. Yeah, and just on the fight, I saw some people say that Blahovich was like getting his ass kicked. Like once again, my memory's a little sketchy from that night, but I'm pretty sure he clearly won the first round. Did he not? I thought he won the first round. Rockets won the second. So it was yeah, 1919 heading into the third. I don't know the people I was seeing. I, I don't know what they were watching. They were more drunk than I was apparently. <laughs> um, I, I think UFC, like especially like round by round judging, you get like such polar, especially when like there's not like a clear like decision like round decision like oh that guy had top control for four minutes clear round to him like when it's like up in the air you will see anyone spin around like in their favor like well they had the more significant shred you know like they had more damage like anyone could spin around when it's not like clear and conclusive so i think it's funny that like 
So like you could have anyone like, yeah, Rockets, like they clear winner until his knee exploded. Like, ah, okay. I thought it was yeah. a competitive fight, probably 1919. I think Amy tweeted out the cards also, and it was 1919 all, all the way across the board. So definitely a fight that was still up for grabs heading into the third round. So, you know, it is what it is. We'll take our So does, does Blahovich get the winner of uh, uh, Texera and um, the guy with Prochaka. the crazy last name? Prochaka? Uh, uh, Pro, Prochazka? So. Does he I get the winner so. or is it Magomed uh, Ankalaev? Or maybe Magomed Ankalaev fights Blahovich for the number one contender spot? I I lean towards towards Blahovich getting the, the title the shot. Rematch? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happens with Glover. It, like, if he loses, does he just retire now, or do they right. give him another title shot? So, I I lean towards. I feel like they're not going to do, depending on how the fight goes, I guess. But I don't think they're going to do a second one of this Teixeira, uh, Prashaka fight, and then Wojovic gets the winner of that fight. I think. I think Ankalaev he beat, if I remember correctly, he beat Tiago Santos in like a really boring main event a few months ago. So, and he was like a massive favorite. Yes. So I don't think he deserves a title shot. I think he has to win maybe one more, maybe like, I don't know. Like I'm looking at the rankings now. Like does Anthony Smith really move the needle? Like if he beats Anthony Smith, does that give him like a title shot? Like, I don't know. I think Wojovic, he was the champ and he got like, I'm not gonna, I'm usually of the belief that like, if you lose, you kind of get the right to a rematch, right? Like, is that maybe, I guess it's like all situational, but like, well, which I feel like comes back, he beats Rockets. Maybe like injury doesn't help. Like, Wojovic had like a nice, you know, run to the belt and stuff like that. He lost as a big favorite, didn't get another rematch, comes out and performs. Give him another shot, especially when there's not another clear. Like, Ty definitely goes to Wojovic, in my opinion, right? Like, yeah, I agree. Out. Yeah, I, I, why not just do just as, so you can get a number one clear contender? I'd like, in my opinion, why don't you just do. Ankalaev against Blahovich. In just, like I, October. Yeah, I just the, the old UFC, like there used to be like clear cut number one contender fights, and like guys would fight, and like Dana would say, okay, the winner of this gets a title shot. They don't do that very much anymore, and I miss that. Do you do you think that that fight last weekend was that? I mean, Rockets was number three. I guess maybe. maybe I just, I, I, that definitely was not how it was hyped. But listen, yeah. it, it, if Glover loses, then I think yes, Yawn definitely gets the next title shot. But if Glover wins, like I, I don't know if I want to watch that fight again. Like they just fought. Like it's yeah, I agree. And it wasn't like it was necessarily close. Yeah, Glover absolutely ruined him. So yeah, I agree. And I mean, they're fighting in what is it? Two weeks? Three? No. Uh, oh, I'm way off. Yeah, three three weeks. Uh, Main event at UFC 275. I said 274 earlier. 275. So um, I guess we'll find out uh, yes. kind of how that all pans out. But, See what happens in that fight, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, and Proshak is favored in that fight. I saw, like, the early odds. He's favored over Glover. So, yeah, I think he should be. Yeah, I mean, Proshak, I mean, he had one of the knockouts of the year uh, last time out against Dominic Reyes. Just absolutely dropped him, like Tony Ferguson yeah. style. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot to be kind of settled the next few weeks with uh, this division. Uh, some other things to talk about uh, from this past card. Obviously, you talk about Ryan Spann, a big upset first round uh, submission, but uh, 
the guy who was supposed to be on our show last week with, uh, I believe, is a yeah, first what the hell, man? <laughs> uh, Andre Petrovsky. would have been nice if he would have came on the show and told us to bet on him. Uh, plus 305 underdog gets a submission win in the first round. Maybe like, it's a good thing he didn't come on. Maybe coming coming on would have ruined his mojo or something. But first, it was the first minute, too. Like, it, it was, like, so fast and easy. And, yeah, I mean, we're like a show trying to, you know, get out there. Could have helped if we had Andre Petrowski come on, like, tout himself out. It's like, yeah, when, bet me by submission. I'll win. Wrap him up in the first minute. Yeah. That's like social blow-up right there. Are you kidding me? None of us took him in the draft either. No. Maybe we were just upset of him for not coming on the show. But. <laughs> we took it personal. Yes. Uh, but he did, he did reach out afterwards just for any viewers who want to know, uh, not his fault. His trainer kept him late for practice, preparing, obviously fight week. Uh, when it's fight week, I, I'll give, for I'll, submission. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll give fighters some leeway on, on fight week. Uh, <laughs> but he did reach out and apologize. So, uh, we're not actually upset at Andre Petrovsky. Congratulations to him. Uh, for now big, he owes big, us one though. Next win. fight week, next fight yes. week, he better come on our show. That's right. Um, anything else that you want to cover for that? I think that was, I mean, I think that was pretty much everything notable that happened. Uh, yeah, we talked I mean, about right, Louis Smolka. We thought that was 1919 heading into the final round. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's everything yeah, notable. Right, right, uh, oh yes. Hold on really quick. I mentioned the Alan Patrick fight. Now remember, I just, I'm just looking at the, the card here. He was up, I think two rounds, nothing on Michael Johnson. Then Michael Johnson knocked him out. Oh, no, Michael Johnson knocked out in the second round. He, de- he Alan Patrick won the first round and then got knocked out in the second round, which usually the opposite happens to Michael Johnson. Usually Michael Johnson is winning and then loses by finish. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Johnson pulled a Michael, an anti-Michael Johnson by, you know, making yeah, it go his and, way. So. Uh, Manuel Torres, the guy you bet on or took, um, he won by knockout against Frank Camacho also. And then the Ryan Spann submission, uh, pretty big upset. And, I mean, people were hyping up uh, – Kudalaba is like maybe a guy who can make a run in the light heavyweight division. They were like, I know Amy was saying how like nuts he was going at media day while Ryan Spann was kind of being standoffish and whatnot. Um, but Ryan Spann getting a, a big win uh, in like impressive highlight fashion. So maybe that's someone to keep an eye on. Maybe depending, you know, I always like to look back at these cards when they come back around the fight cycle and like Ryan Spann might be now like a fade candidate depending on who he gets based off like a big win and maybe i wouldn't say fluky but kind of a random victory like kind of happened out of nowhere like snapped a submission that was it so maybe like a guy to fade if he gets like overvalued in his next fight i always like to kind of like the buy low sell high types that's kind of like my betting strategy when i look back when these guys come back around in the fight cycle yeah i agree but yeah i mean that's pretty much it from um, a lot of finishes, but overall, overall, uh, you know, fairly entertaining card. Obviously, Rockage with the injury that kind of sucked, but it was a decent card. I had no complaints. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, like that my bet hit in the main event, but kind of tough to see a, a finish like that. But that's the sport. Yeah. Uh, other news inside the UFC world: potential Robert Whitaker against Marvin Vittori fight set for Paris. <laughs> I thought MMA was illegal in, in France. Have they overturned that? I don't know. That's what they're they're saying. I mean, these two were rumored to fight because obviously Whitaker off the loss, but he got injured in training. So it seems like um, it's being discussed for Paris. I think September 3rd is what like other reporters kind of said after these two got into – they like were tweeting them out. I know we have like the tweets queued up that like Marvin Vittori 
Yeah. Do we have the tweets? I haven't seen these yet. Uh, Marvin Vittori says, all right, so I guess can't find any opponent earlier. I'm fighting Whitaker in Paris. You better show the uh, – are we allowed to swear on this program? I don't know. Uh, we better show the F up this time. Let's do it. I've been waiting for too long now. Yeah, and then uh, Whitaker says Paris. In Paris. Yeah. Oh, is there – oh, there's already a card – Scheduled for Paris. So, yeah, I guess uh, mixed martial arts have become legalized at some point. Is UFC's it, is first it card in, in Paris. Oh, yeah, it's not going to be pay-per-view. It's being headlined by Cyril Gone, which makes sense. Okay. But, yeah, that's um, obviously the local product. Fight will happen September 3rd. Yeah, so. Uh, and Cyril Gone will take uh, Tai Tuivasa. Oh, Gone. Gone's going to ruin Tuivasa. Gone's going to be a huge favor probably. Oh, you would think so. Yeah, for sure. That's that's the kind of fighter who, like, Cyril Gon can beat. Like a heavy-footed power puncher because he can just dance all over him. Exactly, yeah. And Tuivasa is going to gas out in, like, the first round, and Gon will just, like, grind, just, like, win a decision. But uh, anyway, for this fight, you know, obviously two middleweight kind of guys stuck in the middle. I mean, obviously Izzy has a stranglehold over the division, but – I probably lean Whitaker. Obviously, he had an injury in training, but it doesn't see, it didn't sound like it was so serious or anything. I had plenty of time to prepare. I kind of lean Whitaker. I know he'd probably be a little undersized, but that's kind of my initial gut feel. Hopefully, we get like a reasonable price on a Bobby Knuckles. I know you're a Whitaker guy. Yeah, I love Whitaker. Um, I just looked. I just looked up the whole France thing because, and I was correct. It was illegal. It became uh, it reckoned France officially recognized MMA as a sport back in January of 2020. So not that long ago, a little over two years ago. Yeah, there's like a global pandemic in the way, but yeah, it's finally getting off the ground. <laughs> you know, uh, do you have a favorite uh, France fighter? French fighter. The only one I know is Cyril Gon. Right. Shout like, out. Who the OG, is? the OG French fighter. He's, a, I think, a little bit before your time. Czech Congo. Oh, so before my time. Like, I don't even Czech like Cyril Gon either. So, like, I guess anyone else besides Cyril Gon, like, that's a low bar to clear as French fi- for my uh, French fighters. But, um, well, in Ganu, I think Nganu started his training, I think, in France. Like, he has connections to France. Obviously, he's not from there, but Nganu's technically kind of France. But, yeah, go, go. He, like, identifies as. Um, what isn't it? Cameroon. Yeah, Cameroon. I think it's Cameroon. Yes, yeah. I believe so. Um, but go watch. Uh, go watch when you have a minute. Uh, Pat Barry against Czech Congo. The probably the craziest one round heavyweight fight of all time. Write it down. Pat Barry against Czech Congo. All right. Legendary fight. It has to be on YouTube, <laughs> then, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I think it's long enough ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Chuck Ongo, I think I, I think he fights for Bellator still, so he's he's still in the mix, but he's been around forever. Uh, he's like the original uh, uh, mixed martial artist from France. Um, yeah, so that'll be an interesting number one contender fight. Um, do you have any more to comment on that, or do you want to move on to uh, Amy sent us a little a little snippet here we haven't watched she uh, her little contribution. Do you want to switch over to that? Yeah, no, let's, uh, let's I guess, turn the page to this week's fight card. Yes, because this is related to this week's fight card. As I mentioned, Amy couldn't make it on the show today, but uh, she did want to contribute here a little bit. She was at Media Day for this week's card. Uh, and I believe this is a clip, it, a clip from Media Day, her talking to Eric Anders. Uh, so if we have that queued up, if we can uh, go ahead and run that. Asking all the fighters about betting odds. I'm wondering if you pay attention to that at Hell all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Vegas got this one wrong, man. They got me a plus 180. So, 
you know, I've been telling the wife and the, and the team and everybody, hey, this is the ticket you want to cash. Have you ever bet on yourself? I have, yeah. Do you plan on doing that this yeah. time? Can you divulge yeah. how much you're going to put down? Uh, <laughs> Ballpark figure? Uh, I'll probably put a thousand on it. Plus 180, and then, you know, that'll be my drinking tab on Saturday night. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that. <laughs> Shout out to Amy for asking that question, too. Like, I, I love that. Uh, That's epic. Her, her in, in this show. We, we, need to, we need to start talking betting more. we got to get betting more involved in, in MMA, so. I love how I love how not only did he did he say he looked at his odds and he's going to bet, but he knew what his odds were plus one eighty. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, first of all, you know his background. He played for Alabama in college. He, I believe, was a linebacker, defensive end. Obviously, didn't pan out. Now, you know, turns to UFC. So, I mean, it seems like he's well ingrained in like the sports world, and obviously, what comes with that. And obviously, as a UFC fighter, you could bet. But I mean, epic answer. And I guess uh, we'll get into it. I, I guess we'll get into the bet draft and we'll see if either of us like him. But uh, he yeah, is we'll taking play. on Park Jun Young uh, on this weekend's card. on On the main card, uh, yeah, is he that big of an underdog? Eh, that's uh, yeah. yeah Winbet has him at plus one seventy five, so just below that number of plus one eighty he listed. So, yeah, is he convincing? I, I mean, he, Did he convince you? I don't want to divulge. But, uh, you know, obviously coming off a loss at uh, UFC 269, was an underdog there. Just going through his tapology. Won the time before that. Last uh, two times out, uh, he was a favorite against Aaron Stewart. And then, you know, he's kind of been trading wins and losses the last few years. So, you know, maybe he's getting a little disrespected against Bark, but uh, we'll see if either of us think he could uh, pull out the win. Uh, we got to get him on the show sometime. If he if he's a if he's yeah, a if he better, wants to talk about where is uh where is prime audience? Yeah, we got to get him on the draft. UFC fighter still undefeated in jab cross hook hook bets or uh, drafts. So we'll see if he can keep that up. We haven't had a fighter on for the draft in a while though. We've had a lot of interviews, but none have uh, mm. done the draft. So we got to get another we got to get another fighter in here for the draft. Um, we got one more thing to talk about that is combat related, not UFC related at all. Um, but it is worth mentioning. You brought up football, so it ties into this a little bit. Frank Gore is, I guess, a boxer now, and he knocked the shit out of someone. <laughs> I don't think we can show the video. I don't think we have video, but uh, if you're watching this, look it up after the show. Uh, shout out Frank Gore. Yeah. I mean, Frank Gore is one of, like, the most underrated athletes of our generation. Guy, yes, truly. What is he? One of, like, the top five rushing leaders. Guy played until, like, well into his 30s. His son is like now he was like the running back at Southern Mississippi. Um, there's my college football knowledge for you. But uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, his like kids almost going like pro or would be going pro if he, you know, got drafted or was talented enough. I don't know his draft prospects. But I mean, now he's like, yeah, I got to cash the checks. Let me go, you know, knock some guys out. Yeah, and he, he played a position that is notorious for like not having a very long shelf life, especially in the modern age. And then he plays it for like 20 years. And he had didn't he have double ACL surgery back like in his college days? Like mm. I think he's had surgery on both his ACLs too. Possibly. He also I'm fought Darren possible. Williams in a 
He, right? That was didn't he fight Darren Williams on one of Jake Paul's cards? I think he, no, lost, I think that he lost that. I think he lost that, did he? Yeah, because Darren Williams was like so much Darren Williams was like six four, six five. So like he just overwhelmed him with size. I just searched his name. The first result is X Jet Frank Gore. It's like I, I think that's the last team I think of when I think of Frank X Gore. X 49er. Yeah, he's a 49er. <laughs> yeah. From 2005 to 2014. Yeah, he's a 49er. He played one his last year was with the Jets. I just want to look. Uh, yeah, he had. Yeah, he had. He had two ACL tears uh, in college. That's crazy. But yeah, shout out Frank Gore. Not he looked good too on the show. He looked good. <laughs> he 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 was throwing. Shout out Frank Gore. <laughs> was this um, a celebrity or was it like a? It was like a real like semi professional. I. I you don't know. I watched a highlight. Is all I watched. <laughs> um, it was actually his first professional fight. Um, so he did lose to right, Deron so Williams. But the fight against Deron Williams was uh, an amateur fight. Uh, mm. This is this was a professional boxing. This is his professional debut. So he won the fourth round uh, knockout against, oh boy, you want to talk about a name that's hard to pronounce. Oles Yainid Olo Ransula. <laughs> Unbelievable! That's uh, that, that's tough. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, he's a professional, so I, I assume he's not. He doesn't have a Wikipedia What's his page, so he's, uh, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so I can't click on him. Well, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Owen one. Yeah, I was about to say Owen one is last one. <laughs> yeah, and correct. I just looked him up on uh, on on this box rec. If boxing's official record keeper, he's Owen one. So it was both. <laughs> but hey, professional debut, just like Frank Gore. So they're you know. Even level. All right. Yeah. You want to talk? You want to do the draft? Yeah. I listen. Let's keep it moving. All right. Let's uh, dive into this week's draft. Three rounds. Uh, because it's a fight night, we can pick main card, prelim, whatever you want to do. Reed, you are the defending champion, so that does mean that you get to choose the order. It's only two of us. Fifty uh, percent chance to win the draft, but uh, you get to decide who goes first and then who has the double picks after that. Yeah, I'll go first. I'll okay. go first. I don't. Before we start, like, how are you feeling about this card? Terrible. Yeah, I, I don't see a, a ton here. Um, obviously, you know, it's not as well-known, but, like, you know, I, I don't see, like, a, a bet I'm, like, dying to make. A few right. bets here. So I'll go first because, like, one does kind of stick out to me above the rest. Usually I like to go towards the back, kind of see how the board shakes out. But – I'm going to go on the main card. I didn't tell the producers. I the Quick turnaround uh, had me unprepared. But I'm going to go Pollyanna Viana. Uh, she's on the main card. She's facing Tabitha Ritchie. And so huge size difference here with Viana. Um, we're talking several inches of reach and size. Ritchie's gotten a much better like um, record. And the quality of opponents just aren't there. Yeah, you see right here, Viana, plus four in height, plus six in reach. They're both grapple heavy. I'm just not impressed with Richie. I feel like the six and one record, one of the fights, she was like minus 1,400. So she kind of just beat who she's supposed to beat. She moved up in weight and lost. She just, I'm not super impressed, whereas Viana has more UFC fights under her belt. I think she's being a little undervalued at plus money. I think she should be the slight favor, especially with the size. I don't think either are all that good, like long-term or something, but I'll give the edge to the better, the bigger fighter and who I think honestly is the better fighters fought better competition. So that's, um, okay. <laughs> not like, 
No, I no, it wasn't. I, I looked at it, and that's surprising because usually you just pick guys who are on the opposite of me. So um, I looked at it. I didn't really see an edge, so I, I don't have an argument against you. I, I don't really have anything to say to agree with you. So yeah, I just think like, that kind of say really okay. Richie's Richie's fought in like half the fights. So like, why is she the favorite? You know, she has seven fights on her, but at least Viana has a little bit more. You know, more UFC experience for sure. I agree with that. Hey, experience is big. Yeah, I think people undervalue experience in the UFC. Hundred percent. So now the two pick. I, this is a hilarious draft because just two of us. But back, it's over to you. Well, you know who? I mean, I can't believe you didn't take him. Who we got? Who? Eric Anders. How, how do you not take him after, after that clip that Amy sent us? Oh well, considering I, I think he's going to lose. Oh, I have no, okay. I have wow. no interest in taking. I him hope yet. he comes on the show next week. I hope Amy talks I, well, to him. This happened to me last time with Gabe Green. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, he convinced me. He said he's telling his family, his cousins, bet on him. Now's the time to do it. Listen, man, if he knows his odds, if he's willing to put $1,000 of his own money on himself, uh, he seemed very confident in me. I kind of liked him anyways uh, when I was looking at him. To be honest, I wasn't – he was he was like an option where if you took one or two of my picks, I would have gone with him. But after that video, I'm, I'm hooked. I love a guy who knows about the odds and – is going to bet on himself. And I mean, thousand dollars is not a small amount of money. And he told, yeah. if he told his family and his friends and his cousins and everyone to bet on him, this is a confident man. We've heard this yeah. in the past from fighters, fighters who've been on our show and, and told us to bet on them. And then they go on and win. So, yeah, he, this is a, he's like a guy I've, I've bet against a bunch in the UFC. I just, <laughs> Yeah. I hope he comes on. I hope Amy shows up next week and says that she has Eric Anders on the show. I'm not going to lie, Eric Anders. If, if she, Amy shows this clip, I'm very sorry. It has nothing to do with you. But, like, typically I like to fade, like, the, the football players, the, the, the other sport athletes coming in. Um, but, again, I this was a pass for me because, like, I'm not going to take Park at, like, a minus 230 price. I don't think he's, like, that big of a favorite. I think Anders is probably – a little undervalued now. I think the price has drifted out, but like I have no interest in betting him. I this is like a Parker pass for me. All right, fair enough. Um, so there we go. I yeah, let's recap the first round really quick. Reed, go ahead and just say our picks. Um, yeah, while Poly- I uh, prepare my next one. Pollyanna Viana, uh, plus 105 underdog. And Ian went a little bit uh further down the board. He went with Eric Anders at plus 175, and Reed disagrees with that pick. Okay, a couple underdogs for the first round, and I have another underdog for you. Not as big of an underdog here for, for my next guy. Uh, this is more a fade of the favorite because I really don't like the favorite. I'm going to go uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. I think you got Mich- that time. I think I think you were right. On how to pronounce his name? Yeah, I think you got that one. He's been around long enough now that I've heard his name, so I, I know how to pronounce this. More than newer guys that, that I don't know mm-hmm. how to pronounce because they've only fought a couple times, but he's been around forever. Sant- Santiago Ponzinibbio uh, against Michel Pereira. Not a fan of Michel Pereira. I know that he's won four straight fights, and he's kind of fixed the issue uh, that caused a couple of his losses. Uh, one of the only Caparera, and I know I mispronounced that, uh, style mm-hmm. of fighters. I know he doesn't really use that style anymore, but – um, I just can't get over some of those earlier losses in his, in his UFC career. He jumps around. He tries flashy things. He doesn't really stick to fundamentals. And I think when you fight a guy who is as experienced in the octagon as Santiago Ponzinibbio, uh, you have to be dialed in 
Um, yeah. And he doesn't have great defense either. And this is a guy who has 15 knockouts on his record that he's fighting against. So um, I think I think, I think think the record is kind of causing the odds for what they are. Ponzinibbio is admittedly one and two in his last three fights. Michel Pereira has won four straight, but I think this is a significant step up in competition for him. Uh, I'm a big Ponzinibbio fan. This is a guy that before he went one and two in his last three fights, uh, he was on like a nine fight win streak. So this guy's very good, very experienced. He knows how to beat these flashy kind of fighters. Uh, he does what he needs to do. Uh, and we're getting him a plus money. So my second pick, Santiago Ponzinibbio. I kind of like Pereira. Well, no, I, I didn't draft him. Maybe we'll see how round three goes. We'll see how the board All breaks. Right. But uh, I, again, I think it is like, it's probably it like it's not a like a big price difference. Like this is like kind of a pick 'em fight, right? Like Pereira could uh, Ponzinibbio he got knocked out in one of those losses. I think yeah. like Pereira could find an early finish and then like it gets like a little sloppy at the end. So like, I think if we were doing prop bets, like this fight to be finished inside the distance. Yeah, exactly. And like Pereira, like round one, Ponzinibbio, like round three, like that seems kind of like how the fight's gonna go. Because yeah. Pereira, I remember one of our drafts, I took. Uh, Andre Falajo against Pereira, like a huge plus 450 price. I was like, I kind of like Falajo. Guy punches like a brick. And, you know, if Pereira gasses out, I think he has a chance to win. Yeah, he, he didn't win, but, you know, I thought, you know, at a huge underdog price, I kind of liked it. So I lean Pereira, but I see the logic behind Pon- Ponzinibbio. So over to me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Vince Morales, plus 185, so uh, bigger underdog in my first pick. I just don't like Jonathan Martinez. Maybe you do because you're smiling. But uh, this Mar- Martinez, this guy is chinny as hell. You know, I know he's off two wins in a row, but he's been clipped before. I'm not a, I'm not super impressed. Morales has a knockout win himself uh, last time out against our guy, Luis Smolka, who, you know, maybe he's not so durable, but like, I don't know. I like Morales, More, you know, similar size. I just like, I don't see why Martinez is such a big favorite. I'm not super impressed. Um, you know, Davy Grant, who just knocked out Smoka, he knocked out uh, Martinez later in their fight um, before he won these two wins in a row. I'm just not super impressed. Morales lost, in my opinion, to, you know, better competition and guys like Benito Lopez and Chris Gutierrez was like an underrated uh, fighter coming up the ranks. So, Give me Morales, big underdog price. I think this fight should be like more of a toss-up, in my opinion. All right, I, I don't hate that bet. I'm not on the opposite side, so uh, usually when go. you like give that smile, <laughs> it, it makes me think that you're going like I'm about to go the other way. This might be the first draft. We'll see how the third round goes, but it might be the first draft that we are not on opposite sides of any fights. And it's interesting because it is a smaller card too. Right. You know, there's only was. But then again, we still have we still got two picks to go. So let's bring up the round two graphic before we get your last pick. As uh, all underdogs so far, Reed. Four picks, four underdogs. I'm sure that's going to go well. <laughs> and also very similar odds too. We both have plus 105 underdogs, and then my other one is 175, and yours is 185. So very similar boards so far. Uh, let's move on to round three. Your third and final pick. For UFC yeah. Vegas 55. Again, I don't love a lot, so I'll go with another underdog. Kind of hope to catch, like, sell high on a fighter like we were talking about. I'll go with Sam Hughes, uh, plus 145. She's in the first fight of the night. Um, 
again, Elise Reed, very inexperienced. Neither fighter is super experienced, but Elise Reed was a plus 230 underdog in her last fight. And just now all of a sudden she's a considerable favorite. Just feels like a really big shift in competition. Um, you know, I don't know. Just feels a little bit too high for me. Hughes, to me, has some grappling advantages. I think that, um, you know, despite the losses, I kind of like her. I don't, I'm not super confident in this, but I just like the price. And I think you're getting, you're selling high on Reed, who got my name, but, uh, you know, she got a big win as a big underdog. Now coming back the other way, I kind of like that. I like that. I like that pick, Reed. Well, we're, we're, we're in agreements a, a lot in, the, in this uh, episode. We're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> she, was, she, was, she was on my board. Uh, she okay. wasn't next to my board, so she, you didn't even take her from me, but she was on my board if I had to take her. So, uh, this is Bring not going to go well. <laughs> what happens if we both go own threes? It just a draw. I'm still the champ. <laughs> okay. that's, that's I, I keep well, my reign. A little draft strategy. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a guy who uh, is close to a sure winner, in my opinion. Uh, and then that might be the difference maker, uh, right. especially with you taking three underdogs. I'm it better not be. It better not be Almeida at minus like 700. It better not. No, no I'm not going to do that. I, I, I would have been more insulted. I got more sportsmanship than that. Uh, <laughs> I did not send it over to the producer, so I, I, I apologize. But I'm going to go uh, Philippe Corrales, minus 185 like against Chase Hooper. Yeah. Uh, like I said, sizable favorite, pretty big favorite. Um, but Chase Chase Hooper's not a fighter. Uh, I'm sorry, Chase Hooper. I hope you never come on the show because you're going to hate me because I'm going to trash you here for the next two minutes. Uh, he's not a fighter. Get him out of the UFC. He is a jiu-jitsu practitioner. He's very, very, very good at jiu-jitsu. Um, actually, probably one of the better guys in his division in jiu-jitsu, but he's, he's, his striking is horrible, just horrible. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like I said, he's a grappler, but he struggles getting guys to the ground. Only 18% takedown accuracy rate. So being good at jiu-jitsu is one thing, but you got to get guys to the ground if you want to use your jiu-jitsu, and he's not good at doing that. So this is a big-time fate of Chase Hooper, who looks like he's 14 years old, uh, fighting uh, Philippe uh, Corrales. So I'll take Philippe Corrales. He's a much better striker. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about that. This is a big fate of Chase Hooper. He's He does not – look like a fighter i don't know Honestly, what else to say he's this, it was between his legs or like little toothpicks it was between calaris and uh hughes for my last pick that was who i was between and i went with the underdog to um you know i guess like try and boost up my potential payout but i can believe it do you remember his first fight i think it was during um the pandemic events but he was like a minus 450 favorite because he was getting like that dana white like everyone pushed that he was going to be amazing. And he was a massive favorite against Alex Caceres and just got absolutely wrecked. Like we're talking like parlay, just light it on fire. Cause he was like yes. minus 450. Everyone probably put him in like all like the, you know, the three, the three fighter parlays and stuff just absolutely set him on fire. Uh, so, I completely agree. I don't think Hooper is uh, worthy of really a UFC contract. He showed nothing to uh That was that was his second fight, uh, and a big reason why he was a big favorite because he had a very good performance against Daniel Tamer in his first UFC fight. But Daniel Tamer, when it combined one and four, and then got cut. So like his good performance was against a guy who like anybody could beat up in the UFC. And then he fight uh, fought Alex Caceres, got destroyed. He did beat Peter Barrett, who I don't even know who Peter Barrett is. 
uh, oh, Peter Barrett's gone one and one and two and cut from the UFC too. So his two wins are against guys who are no longer in the UFC. Um, and then he lost his last fight against Steven Peterson uh, by decision. So uh, yeah, and again. You look at uh, Calaris, who his competition is, and Chris Gutierrez, another name that's going to pop up, really just an underrated fighter. Um, really, you know, great leg kicks. He's kind of r- running up the ranks. You know, I'm not going to say Calaris is like some future champion or anything, but again, right, he is a middling UFC fighter. Chase Hooper, I would say, is a not real UFC fighter. He fights. Chase- he, he's good at beating garbage, and I think Calaris is like – a step a legitimate up actual fighter. Yeah, like he's a step up from that. I'm not going to say he's great or anything, but yeah. I, I would say, like, if we're talking, like, betting, betting, um, I would, like, look, this is, like, maybe we were just talking about Chase Hooper lighting parlays on fire, but, like, um, he, I would parlay with someone, maybe get that down to even money or something, maybe, like, a uh, Park John Young <laughs> against Eric Andrews. Maybe. That's probably close to even money. But I guess we could, do, we could recap the draft, and then we could do – um holly home preview because we both stayed away and i'm curious ah that's right that's yeah it's a good call let's let's talk about that fight but let's 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 just wrap up the draft here let's bring up the recap uh, graphic here uh four under five underdogs and six picks uh reed going vienna plus 105 morales plus 185 hughes plus 145 i went anders plus 175 after that clip pump me up <laughs> Ponzanibio plus 105 and then Corrales, the only favorite on the board, minus 185 against Chase Hooper. Uh, best of luck, my friend. But, yeah, let's talk the main event because you're right. Both of us stayed away. I had one of the fighters on my board. Did you have either fighter on the board? Because it's a little bit tr- tricky for the draft because it's pretty. It's a lopsided fight in terms yeah. of the odds. I lean Vieira. I, I, like why, I get Holly Holm, like former champion, all that stuff. I just like, are we sure? Right. She hasn't fought in what two years now, a year and a half at least. Like, just a big price light. And Vieira has grappling upside. I know Holly Holm. Um, she has like a slight reach and size advantage, but she's forty years old, man, and she hasn't fought in so long. And Vieira, you know, I don't know. Yeah, like, I didn't know she was forty. Yeah, and she's coming off a wow. long layoff. Just like, what are we expecting? Like, if Vieira gets it to the mat, she could really take over. Um, I think it's only going to take a few takedowns. Like, is Holly Holm going to finish this fight? Like, I know Vieira has been knocked out, but again, it's a long layoff. Holly Holm pulled out with, like, I think back-to-back knee injuries in her last two fights. I'm not rushing to lay this with Holly Holm. Like, this is one where it's via, it's dog or pass, right? Like, I'm not rushing to lay this price. I agree. I, I had Vieira on my board. I didn't draft for that. I think Holm should be should be favored, especially because yes. she has pretty good takedown defense. So I think Vieira might have some issues getting her to the ground. <clears throat> but excuse me, but the issue with laying this much juice on Holly Holm, um, a lot of people when they think of Holly Holm, they think of her highlight knockouts. They think of her knockout against um, Ronda Rosie. They think of her knockout against uh, Betch Koheya. Uh, but she's really a very boring technical fighter that's not actually going to do a whole lot during the fight. Um, and she's so forty it, years old. And she's forty years old. So I mean, it could be a close fight, and then it's going to be it's it could be another Rose against. Um, Carlos Barza, where it's like, who knows what the judges are, are going to say. Um, like and I in said, that case, then you want to, just like Carla, you want to keep the dog there. Just take the dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She, she she does a lot of just, you know, punching air, just a lot of feints, a lot of, because she comes from a boxing background, and that's a little bit more of what boxing is like, but that's not really, I mean, if she can catch, if she gets an aggressive, like Ronda Rousey was very aggressive, she can pick her apart, but. <clears throat> no, I completely agree. And, um, 
Uh, I He's think Vieira, Vieira could take rounds. Like I know Holly Holm has right. the takedown defense and all that, but again, if Vieira's able to land like two takedowns, maybe get a submission opportunity. One takedown is like enough to win a round fighting against Holly Holm. That's what I'm saying. So Holly, once, that's enough. So you're looking at Holly Holm. You're laying this big price, and again, like anytime, like when I bet these fights, I'm looking like, okay, what does a win look like to me? Like, how am I going to win this fight? Like, Holly Holm, it's like right. she's going to dominate the stand up of a woman who hasn't fought in well, you know, nearly 20 months. I think it is, but closer to 24 months. Like, it's a long layoff for an older fighter who, you know. I don't know if this is just going to be a stand-up battle. I think Vieira is going to try and shoot and try and avoid getting into a stand-up battle. And listen, if she fails at that, like at least I'm taking a shot on a plus. You know, it's not like it's not going to kill me. She's plus two hundred. Right. There's a reason. It's the same reason why I took Luis Smoke last week. Like I think that there's upside to betting him because you know I don't think the other person has a seventy percent chance of winning this fight. I think there are avenues to success for the underdog. Right, I agree. So we're both on the same page. This card's going to be terrible for both of us. We agree way too uh, I've had two. Uh, after a cooler, I've had two straight good cards. So I'm feeling pretty right. good, cautiously optimistic, into a tricky card. And I think there's no card next week. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Off into, I guess all, there are, UFC celebrates Memorial Day as well. They're off until June 4th. So hopefully, nice little three-week heater. Oh, God. You are so Canadian. Memorial Day? I don't Swear. even – what's – it's a long weekend. Uh, kind of kicks next off. Next weekend, so. or is that this weekend? That's next weekend is Memorial Day. Next Monday is technically the official day of Memorial Day. Huh. We call it Victoria Day. I knew is Canada it the same, had a is holiday. It the same, is it the same? Uh, it's the same weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the kickoff of summer, kind of. So yeah. UFC celebrates it also. I knew we had it. I forget what it's called. I looked it up. Is we call it Victoria Day because we're still p- part of the monarchy, Queen Victoria. <laughs> But so, you know, hopefully I can take, make a little like three week, nice little run into this little yeah. break, rare break for the UFC. Yes, but we'll still have a show. Maybe we'll have a fighter on. Maybe, maybe we'll have Eric Anders on to rip you apart. Um, we'll see. But we will have a show. We'll talk about something. Um, yes. I mean, look at what we're talking about. Cards I'm not aware of. Guy made what? nothing. Out, we made something out of this card. Made something out of this episode. We're at 46 minutes now. Exactly. Any, do you have any, <laughs> speaking of which, do you have any final comments? No, just, uh, you know, we'll see how this card goes. If I had to guess, I'm going to end up on a lot of underdogs, maybe just uh, Park as my one favorite and Calaris. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if it's an interesting card. I feel like these cards, they do generate a lot of, like, hilarious outcomes and a lot of, like, random finishes and stuff like that. So I'm always interested to watch this stuff. Is it in Vegas? Yeah, I think it's at the Apex. All right. All right. So that's... That's our draft. That's our show. No Amy this week. I'm sure she will be back next week, and uh, we'll probably have a guest on as well. So tune in for that. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, as always, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. For myself, from Reed, take care, and best of luck with your picks on Saturday. Talk to you next week.